Hello and welcome to the 10 second mark with your hosts, me, Charlie Nichols, and Michael Hernandez. Today we're going to discuss some current events in the fighting world around the Central Coast. And then I sit down for a special interview with amateur fighter J.J. Subia, who's looking to go to the Olympics. And finally, we wrap it all up, discuss the interview, and Michael brings up some amateur fights from around the Central Coast area. Michael Hernandez here of the 10 Second Mark podcast. And I'm here today with my co-host, Charlie Nichols. And we're here to talk not only about the MMA events that are happening this past weekend, but we also have an interview with one of the best boxers in all of California. But before we get to that, let's talk about my attendance recently at the Fight to Win Jiu-Jitsu competition ran by the ADCC. And it was it was definitely a different type of event. I, it was my first time going to a jiu-jitsu event like that. I was supporting a local gym that I had attended, uh, Trifecta MMA, for a while while I was over there living in Visalia, back in my home area. And it was pretty it was pretty cool definitely getting to see all of the grapplers and all of that. But it's definitely a little bit of a different rule set. I'm ADCC is a lot more based off of the submissions and of how many times you're going for those submissions. You get what I'm saying? While the IBJFF, which is, you know, where you'll see people in geese and you'll see people um, in a high school auditorium, they kind of go more for control time and stuff like that. So it was definitely weird because you'll see these guys and they're just going for crazy subs. And even if they're getting smashed the whole entire night, you know, they'll somehow end up winning if they throw up a couple of subs but i just wanted to get your thoughts on it as a boxing dude because i mean obviously you have your own thoughts on the way that judging is in boxing and in mma so how do you feel about boxers that are able to kind of be a little bit more defensive and maybe they aren't throwing as many strikes but you know they're able to kind of they're able to kind of come up with counter strikes that are able to affect their opponent. You know, what do you think about those guys and how they're able to win their fights? Because sometimes the numbers are a little bit, you know, a little puzzling. And that's that was definitely the case at uh, Fight to Win BJJ. And a lot of uh, discussions were had over the judging criteria. Yeah, so my thoughts on defense is that defense, if you know what you're doing, you control the fight. And if you control the fight, then you deserve to win. I just because some guy can land some, you know, maybe a couple gnarly hits, that doesn't really mean a whole lot to me if the entire fight he's getting countered and the other dude's running circles around him. He's making it, you know, he's tripping up. That just that just screams to me that the other guy's better than him. So <laughs> and then but I wanted to ask you some questions about uh ADCC and IBJFF. So I read that ADCC is that's invite only, right? Yeah. So basically, it's it's from these people that run the. Uh, more specifically, it's for the local areas. I believe they'll have their own. Um, they'll have their own ambassadors from the ADCC. Essentially, that I guess that would be the best word that are able to pick the pick out the best grapplers in the area or grapplers that they see fit for the event, which I believe it's awesome because it showcases these local grapplers and gives these people that maybe don't have the opportunities like how people in one championship or how people that are often showcased in ADCC competitions on ESPN or often UFC fighters will have to enter competitions to better gain their jiu-jitsu skills. But it's pretty cool to see the processes because you'll see a lot of these amateur fighters and we're going to get into that in a bit before we head over into your interview um with the former california 
state qualifier, I believe, correct? Or, uh, the cur- current state champ for, I think, around 150, 150 pounds. Yeah. So I was actually the day after the IBJFF, which was absolutely amazing. The Mark De La Cruz ended up coming out on top, and he won the kind of tournament belt that they end up giving out for the um, final event. But we, I was at five five nine fights ninety seven, and it was definitely an interesting event. It was their first ever time ever being broadcast on TV. It was broadcast on my TV fifty three, which is a local channel in the Bakersfield. Um, to ranging to merced modesto area and it's a little farther out but there was definitely a couple of a couple of guys from local areas and stuff and a lot of people from a lot of people that would uh, be known here in the central coast and actually i found out at the event that our own jared sutherland who trains in the central coast here at the pit mma is going to be getting a title shot so congratulations to him he is going to be fighting on the 559 fights 98 card and going to be getting his welterweight championship title shot against roman gillian who is a very skilled wrestler coming out of the madera area but that 559 fights 97 card it was a banger man there was back-to-back cards i just want to give these fighters a shout out in the uh, in this uh podcast episode today gabriel rocha and joseph hamford man they put on an absolute show it was a back and forth battle for joseph hamford and mark bibiano who ended up facing off against each other for to see whose one to no record was going to be the best and Joseph Hanford definitely brought it, man, and Mark Bibiano brought it right back, and Joseph Hanford was able to get that TKO, but Gabriel Rocha also got a little KO of his own against Team Alpha Male, which is a very, very prominent gym in the in the Sacramento area, and it's very awesome to see these gyms over here in the Fresno area and in these small areas getting love because it definitely shows these the Central Coast towns, like, hey, you know, 805 kickboxing, they're coming. I mean, they had Joseph Palacios fight on the card. Uh, our guy that was on the first episode, sadly, he was not able to come out with the victory. But he put on a very good fight against Dorian Hale, who will look to get a title shot in the coming future for the lightweight championship. And kudos to that kid, Dorian Hale, man. He's he's definitely a warrior but I, I i'm really waiting for charlie man he's he said he's gonna join me for one of these upcoming uh upcoming mma fights man so i can't wait until he gets to come out there with me and get to get to see what's uh get to see what's happening over there in the mma world but another big shout out to martin sandoval who also out of the porterville area a very prominent area in the central valley for a lot of wrestling a lot of mma he was able to acquire a contract from uriah faber's a1 combat on the saturday card so that was awesome in his win against raul mendoza he was able to get a sitting guillotine choke over the young star to make his uh, raul mendoza record four and two and then martin sandoval ended his what looks to be the end of his amateur career here i don't believe he's going to do any more amateur fights now that he got a four fight contract for a pro organization that's going to be on ufc fight pass it's going to be broadcast on espn so congratulations to martin sandoval definitely a lot of huge things that happened at 559 fights 97 but if you guys ever get the chance go ahead and make sure to watch that it's going to be on the 559 fights youtube channel and yeah so let's go into the let's segue here into into your interview charlie how was your interview over in paso robles man you had to take a little bit of a little bit of a drive out there to go ahead and talk to your guy jj man so walk us through it before we head into the interview man give us a little bit of a preview yeah so super excited to introduce you guys this guy to our listeners 
JJ Subia, the current state champion for I think the 150 weight class, just a total stud of a guy. Super excited to introduce him. Looking to qualify for the Olympics. Although I do want to preface the interview, the fight that he's talking about in Vegas, we're recording this after the interview, and unfortunately that just completely fell apart while he was there, while during weigh-ins, which is just super unfortunate. And it's actually, since the interview this for this episode is a little bit shorter, so we were, I wanted to lengthen our discussion just a little bit. I wanted to talk about just the utter disorganization that boxing typically finds itself in especially compared to mma like michael what are your thoughts on just mma's organization in general as compared to boxing i definitely feel like mma has its organization issues as well there was a couple of fights that were dropped on the day of but i feel it comes down to that warrior mindset that me and joe were talking about in that first interview if you really have the guts to go up in that ring and get it going you're gonna get it going and if you can't if you can't find it in your heart to do it, you're not going to do it. And as simple as that sounds, I know I'm being very short-winded here and I'm not being philosophical and I'm not dropping a crazy quote, but that's really all it takes. That is really all it takes. It takes who wants to be in that ring come Saturday night, come Friday night, come whatever night you are competing. And if that athlete across from you doesn't want it, they aren't going to hop in there with you. And that's what I love about MMA is although you have these people drop out, there is no people that do not want to be in there. You know 100% that even if that person gets their lights knocked out 100 times out of 100 times, they wanted to be in there and get their lights knocked out 100 times out of 100 times. And that's the beautiful thing about this sport, and that's what you really got to respect about these athletes, putting their body on the line every single time they go in there. And the people that drop out, for whatever reason you know sometimes there's obviously reasons beyond their control or beyond whatever but it's definitely disappointing when it's for a reason that they could have avoided yeah and then unfortunately i think the fights in vegas it was just completely out of the fighters control i don't even think it was anybody dropping out it's just uh the organized organizers i guess didn't know what they were doing or you know just ended up wasting like you were saying these guys who are willing to go out there and risk in their their brakes beat off and they just got totally let down put in tons of work and they you know you can't get a fight and that's just i know jj shared a video of like there's like a fight breaking out the way and just because people were fed up they're they're starving themselves they're working like running their ass off and just uh just terrible to see that regardless uh Super excited to introduce you guys to JJ Subia, and uh, we'll get into the interview right now. Well, right, so I'm sitting down here with JJ Subia of Goat Shack Boxing, and uh, man, can you just uh, run me through like what got you into boxing in the first place? Yeah, for sure. Um, so when I was, I started boxing when I was about, uh, I want to say 16 years old, and when I was 16, I was kind of going through a rough time in high school, was, wasn't really sure of where my spot was at, to be honest. And then I went into a boxing gym for the first time, which was um, out here in Paso, and started hitting the bag, started getting into it, and really just kind of found a passion for it all. It really helped me get out of a dark, uh, dark place in my own life and just mentally growing and getting a little bit stronger. So from, for that, that alone, just the mental strength-wise, it just helped me, gave me a lot of strength and 
gave me good motivation to keep continuing it all for sure but yeah I, I know where you're coming from from that dark place uh, I dealing the same thing around middle school I got kicked out of school yeah and uh, really the only reason I got into college was because I started boxing in high school and then oh, I, yeah yeah really there was no fucking up in boxing, so. Oh, yeah, 100%. But, uh, also, I wanted to ask you about uh, your social media presence. That was something, I was getting some Ryan Garcia vibes. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, I started, uh, I started actually doing TikTok, too, um, and I was all doing a little TikTok, social media posts and everything, and so I got, uh, like, around my freshman year, sophomore year, when I got into high school, about, like, yeah, same age, like, I started boxing, roughly. I started just getting all into social media, and then started thinking about it with uh, my own coach and dad. <laughs> <laughs> but um so he he was really um kind of leaning me towards just thinking about it from a business point of view and not just thinking about it just the boxing side of things um thinking about the presence outside of the ring um the viewers the fans everybody just not only doing boxing creating getting a lot of eyes on you the like through social media i've gained over like 300,000 followers over all my platforms and it's really given me a lot of help with getting sponsorships um, just brand deals, getting like gear that I need, just everything all around. It's really, the social media presence really helped me get a lot of connections and just all that good stuff, which is all just beneficial. And I feel like it goes hand in hand with boxing and social media as well. Have, have you gotten any fights through social media or has that helped set anything up? Or? Actually, yeah. So um, my, originally when I first got into my first fights, uh, I was the one who was reaching out, getting my fights. And it was through my social media, through um meeting people up in the valley near fresno madeira um that they all really they helped me too and they helped me get onto the shows out there um at like gonzalez boxing that was one of my first fights out in hanford um they gave me a my very first fight which was in i think august of t 2021 i want to say and yeah from there then i started just meeting all the people who were involved in the sport um getting a name for myself really and now i'm at about I want to say over 20 plus fights. I'm not too sure of the exact number, but now I have over 20 and it's all going good and solid. What do you feel like uh, the character of the Central Central Coast Combat Sports community is like? Oh, it's, it's, it's a very supportive one for sure. Um, if I didn't have my, uh, my own team, my friends, my family, everybody who's in the gym supporting me each day, you know, it'd be a lot harder for sure. You know, if I didn't have all the support um, from my peers, I definitely wouldn't be as far as I am now today and it's just continuous support as well so you know they help me they help push me mentally and physically and then vice versa I, I like to say I help push them and you know keep them on a good path and just focused on their own goals not even in boxing as well just outside in life staying focused and disciplined and I feel like those um, morals and everything can just go into, into deeper things than just boxing more just life in general like, yeah, that, that discipline from boxing, there's yeah. nothing else like it. Like, yeah. Maybe MMA, maybe other combat sports, but yeah, you yeah. and I know. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, and I also I wanted to ask you about, I read that article that Christiana Marks wrote about you, mm. and uh, she was talking about how you're going to check out the Olympic qualifiers in 2023. Yeah, so that um, that was actually, that's been my goal for all of 2023, going, heading into this year. Um I fought the number two in the country in November out in Arizona at the Gene Lewis tournament. Um, I lost that fight split decision, but it really helped me kind of just understand how I am and where I'm at in the sport of boxing. And, and then with competing at that high level, I really feel like I can push and uh, hopefully get that Olympic trial qualification and then a spot on the Olympic team this year. 
Um, but the Olympic trials are also going to be in June in Texas. And then I believe there's one also in August, but I'm not exactly sure where their location is for that one. But yeah, that's what we're getting ready for right now. And just staying ready, staying strong in the gym, staying in shape, you know. Obviously, it's just like a colossal amount of work, period. But what are some of the things that you've been doing to gear up for something like the Olympics? Uh, just definitely a, um, more self-reflection for sure and um, giving a lot of time to your own mind, not really thinking about um, all the extra noise or about your friends, about kind of just outside, uh, just, just things that you don't necessarily need to focus on right now in the moment, especially when you're trying to achieve certain goals. Um, I feel like a lot of the outside noise can distract you and just more so from mentally putting it um, in my head day to day, you know, what the goal is for myself, for my own, um, just for my own self, you know, nice. just keeping myself motivated, looking at the bigger picture of the goals, not just have fun because we're young, but more so, you know, young and grind so then later on in life you can have more fun then. So. Definitely, at some point, you're, are you looking to go pro? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, that's, uh, that's the goal as well, is hopefully, you know, reach the Olympic trials this year. And um, if I, I want to say when I make it, but we'll see after the Olympic uh, trials and everything. Um, after this year, if, if it all goes well, um, maybe go, looking to go pro uh, after 2025, 2026. That's, that's the goal for me and uh, my, my team. That's what everybody's all, all planning for me, so. I like that as well. <laughs> Have you heard anything about how in 2028, boxing is no longer going to be an Olympic sport? Yeah, that that's another subject. Uh, that's also why I probably won't stay in the amateurs too long after um, this, this year's Olympics, just because there is a lot of uh, corruption in the sport of boxing, which kind of just degrades it as a whole, sadly. And that is with IEBA too. I, I believe that was the organization that um, that is hosting it all and they are corrupt and you'll see in past olympics too where guys just get completely robbed for money or whatever side noise it is you know so it sucks for all the competitors for sure but what can you do when you're uh, more just a fighter yeah have you had any experiences where you've seen that corruption firsthand oh yeah <laughs> uh, yeah uh, so i was out in um the, the, actually, the tournament that we're heading to this weekend, it's the title boxing out in Las Vegas. And last year I competed in it and I fought their hometown fighter, guy who's sponsored by, you know, all, all the heads out there in Vegas and uh, beating him every round. Didn't get, I got punched two times the whole fight. And end of the round, his face is all bloody. I'm looking clean, looking good. And they raise his hand and, you know, it's just boxing. You know, they, they'll rob you if you don't get him out of there. And that's just... That way the game is, sadly, but... That's just any sport with judges, I guess, and you let yeah. they start making mistakes. Yeah, you can't, uh, can't hate on the, uh, my opponent. He was a good kid, good fighter as well, but can't do anything about that with judges and everybody. Well, you can, we can move on from the downsides and maybe more to the upsides. Uh, what's, like, your best fight that you think you've had so far? Hmm. I would definitely, I would probably say my uh, state championship fight when I won the state title last year in um, Fresno. Um, I fought a tough fighter out of, uh, um, what was it called? Uh, Wildcard Boxing Gym. And that's Freddie Roach's gym. Manny, Manny Pacquiao was trained out of um, that gym. And I fought a Filipino fighter named Roger Villanueva. And he was probably one of the toughest fights I've had. Um, over 30 plus fights in the United States and then also out in the Philippines. Dude was really, really tough, but I definitely think that was my best fight. Just really grit down, 
beat him up every round and was really pushing it even against a really high level fighter who that 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 dude was he was tough he was a good fighter and hopefully i'll get to fight him again if not on the amateurs and the pros too so did, did i read somewhere that he trained with manny pacquiao's coach oh yeah he's um he's actually trained by freddie roach and um i'm not 100 percent positive on the other coach's name i believe it's a marvin something um but another filipino trainer and oh yeah, so he's trained all up with uh, Manny Pacquiao's team. With Manny Pacquiao's son is actually his sparring partner. So, and, you know, that's the guys I'm fighting. So it gives me a lot of confidence when I get in the ring with them and uh, do my own thing and show my skills because they are at a high level. But I might be a small town um, guy and fighter, but we're definitely pushing it against these top uh, big city fighters. So I, I've seen you around the gym a few times. Have you been taking up the mitts every once in a while, huh? Oh yeah. On the coaching side. Yeah. Tell me about that. The, the coaching side is definitely, a, it, it really gives you a better perspective on boxing in general, for sure. Um, gives you a good understanding of where punches come from, how to really use your defensive movements, and just get a good feel um, just for boxing in general. Like holding the mitts on the other side is honestly, I would say, just as beneficial as training yourself. Uh, you learn a lot just how punches are coming, how to fully extend your punches, have a strong stance, and just helps you uh, get a better understanding of the sport in general when you really do um, care to learn, for sure. Definitely has helped me in my own knowledge. And uh, speaking of coaches, you train with your dad. Yeah. So what is that like? Uh, it's, t <laughs> it's tough, you know. Uh, it's obviously a, um, my, da my own dad, so we butt heads sometimes, but end of the day um, we both know the bigger purpose for all of what we're doing and he, he pushes me to my limits so I might get frustrated sometimes and you know come back at him but it's all love at the end of the day he he means well for me and wants the best for me and uh, that's why I love when he pushes me in and everything even though if I get mad or whatnot it's all good but the, the lines ever get blurred between dad and <laughs> yeah I, yeah I would say so sometimes uh like before some of my fights I've gone a little heated when maybe I shouldn't be acting uh, that way towards a coach and more so looking as my dad just being annoying but but it's all good yeah it's we have a good understanding now we've been smoothing everything out pretty well and I feel we have a good and good head on our both of our shoulders just for what the goal is That's nice man um so have you ever trained with anybody else or do you plan on that at, at some point in your career or? um I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past me too much, maybe uh, down the road, but at the moment, it's definitely not something I'm thinking about too much um, as we're starting our whole gym out here in Paso and um, getting our own fighters and uh, creating a strong team and just a community of boxing for sure is going well, really well right now. Um, so this might not be a thought now, but who knows down the road if we get super busy or whatnot, but I do love my dad's coaching as well. I can't, he was a amateur fighter back in the day as well. Uh, had over 20 amateur fights and only reason he didn't go pro was because of me <laughs> So now I'm gonna try to carry that on for him for sure, but yeah, definitely not It's not really too much of a thought now, but uh, and, uh, Speaking of the team here at uh, Go Check, is there anybody in particular that listeners should be looking out for? Um, yeah, I would I would definitely say uh, If you guys are trying to check out some of the fighters out here, we have a lot of really good and young up-and-coming fighters. Um, we have one of our fighters, Caden Perez. He's young, only 16 years old, and he's getting ready for the Vegas tournament as, as well. Um, Jose Zavala, he's tough, 155-pounder. He's going to come up in the ranks real soon, make some noise out here. My own brother, Maddox Subia, he's same thing. He's a bigger version of me, um, lots of experience, and he only has three fights, but 
he's going to come for all, all these guys real soon. And uh, we have a lot of other guys out there. I could go on and on about everybody and talk about them. You know, they're a bunch of good, good kids, good people, and they'll, they'll, they'll make their name themselves as well soon enough. I think I sparred Maddox and Caden. They know how to hit. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're <laughs> they both very to tough. But uh, So it just runs in the family then, huh? Yeah. We actually didn't really do too much boxing um, our whole lives, but we were just more so athletes up in soccer, basketball, just really active growing up. And, and then as we started to get older, we realized, hey, we should probably learn how to defend ourselves. <laughs> and now we're here, you know. But So you don't mind me asking, like, what – how did you move from non-combat sports into boxing? Um, it, it was more so when I, I was playing for varsity soccer all throughout my four years of um, high school. But when I was in um, involved in the team sport, I was, I've always had a competitive edge to me. I've always wanted to be just number one. And just most of the things I do, just, just my own mindset. And with the team sports, um, I would get a little bit more frustrated as guys weren't as committed as me, or they wouldn't want to push it as hard, more so take it as a joke. And that's where, for me, um, that's where I love boxing. I love the combat sport because it's just an individual sport. And you can, uh, like in, say, soccer, your defender messes up, oh, you get a goal scored on, oh, it was his fault. But in, a, in the boxing, you can't, uh, you can't put the, point the finger at anybody but yourself. And all mistakes will come from you and what you're doing in the gym, outside of the gym. Um, it's just all self-accountability, really, and that's why I love it even more because you can't you can't complain about anything except yourself and what you're doing and what you're putting into it. Also, it's definitely hey, good. But didn't mean to cut you off, but you don't have to worry about anybody else fucking up because oh yeah, you can just go out and fix it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Complain about yeah. that is one of the most beautiful parts of the sport. Oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Do you feel like the did any of those other sports prepare you at all for boxing or? Oh yes, hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. And being involved in sports just um, it definitely gives you a competitive edge mentally, and then also learning how to grit down, you know, push through the adversity when you get tired. Um, really, just having that work ethic in you, because you know some people you have it or you don't. But I feel like when kids start. Um, any sport at a young age, they really start to learn that work ethic, and then it's just instilled in you as you age and mature, for sure. Boxing is definitely one of those sports where it just infects every part of your life. Oh, yeah. It's a lifestyle completely. Yeah. You know, uh, Inside the ring, it's tough and it's hard, but outside the ring, you have to be very focused. You know, you can't, can't really be doing too much things that other guys or uh, people your age are doing. Mm -hmm. Skip out on the parties, skip out on all little fun, and it's definitely more you have to really grit down because you can't play boxing. You can play soccer, basketball, other sports, but if you play boxing, you can get hurt. And that's why it's not, it's not really a game out there, you know? But that's why you just have to have mentally, mentally focused as much physically, just locked into it all. You ever had to deal with any injuries? Or? I actually just got hurt um, this past two weeks. Two weeks ago, I got hurt, and I hurt my right shoulder when I was sparring um, one of the fighters out in Santa Maria. Um, so I actually had a fight, um, I believe it was the first weekend of May. And so I had to pull out of that fight. But now it's feeling a little bit better now. Hopefully we're getting ready for Vegas this May, uh, May 12th, this Friday. And hopefully it'll feel good and I can fight this weekend. Mm. Well, uh, I wanted to ask you a little bit about, a little bit more about the community of the Central Coast. Are there like 
besides here are there any like major hubs for boxing oh yeah yeah um out in santa maria they have a really good community out there um they've shown us nothing but support and good hospitality um carlos balderas and his dad xenon um, Carlos was a 2016 Olympian and him and his family are amazing people. If anybody's out there in Santa Maria, I would suggest going out to them. They have a really good gym and just really, it's a good, it's more of a family than a, than just a gym for sure. And that's the one thing I love about all these boxing gyms. It's all a family. It's a team. It's not a, it's not clicky. It's not people like being awkward. It's really just a big giant family and everybody supporting one another. And also uh, John Dotto, he has a good gym out there. Love him and his family as well. And, uh, Carlos um, Ruiz, uh, Central Coast Boxing. We do a lot of sparring with them as well. They're really, really good people. And yeah, they have some good gyms out there. Also, San Ardo. Shout out, San Ardo. <laughs> and uh, shit. Well, I also wanted to ask you about LA. Is, is it just crazy down there? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, L LA is definitely the hot spot. LA and Vegas, for sure, the hot spot for boxing. Um, Vegas has Mayweather's gym, top rank pound for pound and LA as well is just pretty pretty packed with world champions all coming out of both areas um, again with Freddie Roach as uh, Jim um, wildcard uh, who had Manny Pacquiao out of trained out of there um, Jojo Diaz is out there not from uh, wildcard but just everybody's out there um, in LA as well for sure and they have some top top fighters yeah I know I was talking to a drill once and he was like uh yeah, you go down there and get beat up by a bum. Sounds <laughs> about right. You know, yeah, yeah, it, they're tough. There's some guys, too, that you don't even hear their name, but then they just come out of the little locker rooms, no no name, no fights, but they just are really tough because they're just around a, around a good environment, around some top fighters who just, when you're around the environment, it definitely affects you and you learn a lot. So even the guys who have no fights, they're tough. And I, and I bet you've met some characters, too, because you, know, like, <laughs> you can get... People get a little punch drunk in there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's definitely. There's one guy out in, uh, I was at Vegas last year. I'm not going to lie. This guy was kind of a caveman. <laughs> kind of a caveman. Some people, you know, I would suggest taking off boxing uh, and when it really does affect your health. But some people just, it's more of an ego thing. And they just want to keep being a macho, macho. But you need to take care of your health. And if, if you're really getting hurt out there, take care of yourself. I don't want to yeah. keep doing it and get punched drunk and not be able to talk to your kids one day. That's that's not that's not it. Especially when that uh, uh, the impulse control once oh. that goes, it's just that's kind of your whole life right there. Yeah, you need that to function. Yeah, there's but, uh, too far gone from there, but yeah. But you know, well, you on the hand, you seem very healthy, so oh yeah, <laughs> that's gonna be an issue. But uh, you got um, well. I think you got any uh, sponsors that you want to shout out for the yeah yeah for sure um uh Kenneth heating and air out of Atascadero Robbie Davis construction um Angela Cisneros um they're all very supportive uh I really appreciate all the local community sponsors and everybody uh, who are helping us out and help us get to all of our fights um, all of our shows get equipment for the kids and they all are very very helpful and um, yeah I probably wouldn't we wouldn't be going out to a lot of these events if it wasn't for our sponsors and the local businesses um, yeah wow yeah that interview with JJ Subio is definitely something different I 
I've never really delved into the whole boxing realm of interviews and definitely not into the amateur scene, but his story was definitely one that I grew interested in, especially since he's trying out for the Olympic trials. I actually have a a boxer that I kind of wanted to give a shout out, Jenna Creason. She's in the Central Valley area and she's actually on the uh, USA team. So congratulations to her. She's going to be going out to those June trials that we uh, that he was talking about over there in Texas. So great, uh, great job for JJ Subia to get out there, get his name and get Goat Check Boxing over there in Paso Robles some recognition because it's definitely hard to get your name out there in the boxing world. As you were saying with the corporation, with the corrupt, with the corporation of the uh, corruption of the corporation. Sorry about that. And it's it's so sad because a lot of these boxers, they're just so talented, and for all their talent to go down the drain over things such as, um, you know, I mean, Subia brought up the story of him beating the beating the brakes off that one guy, and then the decision going the other way because he was in the the wrong place, wrong time. And that's kind of why I like MMA, I mean, you know, because it stays away from those decisions. But obviously, sometimes it, it, it catches up in MMA as well. But what were your thoughts on that, hearing it from him? Because you've you competed in the boxing ring. So did you kind of feel like a, a lot of the same sentiments that he was expressing, especially since you watch boxing? You know, do you feel a lot of the the judges are a little bit kind of, uh, you know, uh, I mean, I know we were talking about it a little bit in round one, but it just seems it seems so much different than an MMA. And maybe it's because it's been around longer. But give me your thoughts on that. I think with MMA, they have a lot more to go off of. I mean, it's not just punches thrown, it's kicks thrown, it's, you know, grappling and all that. But it's just, bo- judging in general is just so subjective anytime there's a human judge involved with anything. But definitely just a huge problem in boxing. I think it's probably from a legacy of corruption and just things along that, or of that nature. And it, But it is super frustrating to see, although I really can't, overstate how hard it would be to judge a boxing match and the level of focus it would take but then that also it just gives you so much room to lie because it's just so subjective and you don't really have anybody arguing with you as for solutions I don't know you could increase the panel of judges although that could make it a lot messier but I think a lot of it just has to do with the culture and allegations of corruption need to actually be addressed and something needs to be done about but uh obviously and other things that jj brought up definitely super cool that he's looking to go to the olympics that's just a huge accomplishment to even be in a spot where you can try out for an olympic team it takes a special kind of athlete and jj is just one of those athletes yeah it's it's definitely pretty pretty insane that he's just down the road over there in Paso Robles because you it's it's almost insane with being over here in the central coast area because it feels like a a forbidden subject that a lot of people often don't talk about with the uh, MMA and with boxing but there's just such a legacy over here I mean even over in Salinas somebody gave me a little bit of tidbit and information over in the central coast as well about an hour and a half over from San Luis Obispo Muhammad Ali he used to train at a gym over there in Salinas so you just really never know where guys are training at which is absolutely awesome and it it just shows how close and tight-knitted the MMA community is 
And I just wanted to give a couple of last shout outs here because obviously, we, we you know, uh, this third round here is our kind of wrap up. And uh, uh, I just really wanted to touch touch base on a lot of these things that were happening in the MMA community as well as just in the uh, combat sports community as well. But the the ultimate fighter finally is going to be coming out here in a couple of weeks on May 30th. I believe it's going to be Cody Gibson. He's going to be making his uh, debut on the ultimate fighter for, uh, and I'm pretty excited about that. I also have an article coming out Mustang news. So, uh, stay tuned for that. Everybody listening. Uh, it's going to be, it's going to be a good one. I'm really excited about that. And then also an interview. So an interview with Cody Gibson coming out and we got an article coming out and that's all going to be coming out that same week. Uh, that the ultimate fighter is coming out so uh big big news that i wanted to drop today on the podcast but uh i mean i i i'd put you on a little bit to the ultimate fighter we were watching a little bit of the moments and stuff like that before what what are your thoughts that cody gibson's going to be on a guy that's local does does that feel do you feel like that's going to open some more doors for guys here at cal poly or perhaps in the central coast to give mma more of a serious thought uh, yeah, definitely for sure. Uh, you were telling me about how cracked the wrestlers are over at Cal Poly, and that might get them interested just uh, being in such proximity to a guy that's at that level. Even, obviously, like not the proximity of you talking to him, but that just makes it all the more real as in uh, the eyes of the fighters. And like, hey, maybe I could give that a shot. Yeah, no, I'm very excited for that. You also have the uh, the Beatdown Training Center or the Beatdown Promotions. They're going to be having their event over at the Madonna Inn Expo Center on June 9th. So if you guys are in the Central Coast area and looking to catch some MMA, make sure you guys head over to Eventbrite and catch your tickets over there. But I also wanted to give a shout out to Jared Sutherland of The Pit, who I've talked to before, Jared Sutherland, a.k.a. Man Bun. He's a welterweight coming out of Napomo, California, but he trains with the pit in San Luis Obispo. He got announced that he's going to be getting a title shot over at uh, 559 Fights, the, my home promotion that I've been working with since my journey here in MMA. And uh, I just want to give him a kudos, man, because he's definitely had a long road here in MMA. He had a he had a really hurt uh, elbow after an arm bar in a match against Jeremy Titsworth, a couple of, uh, I would say like when I very, very first started this journey in October. So it, it's awesome that he's getting his title shot here and, uh, he's getting it against a very game opponent in Roman Gillian. I'm, I'm excited to see how that matchup plays out with, uh, with Jared's Matt, uh, with Jared, with Jared Sutherland's, uh, Hawaiian Kempo style and his, uh, his ability to throw those hammer fists and just really get in there and strike. And with Roman's wrestling ability, it always, it always makes it fun, man. Cause those Kempo guys, those karate guys, they always have a great ability of stuffing those takedowns. So I can't wait, can't wait to go watch him. And I, I'm, I just wanted to give a shout out to those, to all those people that we were talking about, you know, Cody Gibson, Jared Sutherland. So the pit is definitely gaining a lot of love and also beat down, promotions having their show on june 9th and joe palacios i believe is going to be off of that card sadly he is not going to be fighting on there but 805 kickboxing is going to have a fighter on that on that card in estrada uh his last name is escaping me but i will make sure uh, on the 10 second mark podcast which you guys can go ahead and follow on uh instagram now we finally got that uh that at added right charlie yeah so yeah just a quick little bit of information for our viewers please go out and follow the 10 second mark 
on Instagram and 10 second mark on Twitter. That is just the 10 second mark starting with a one zero. Yeah, just uh, starting up the socials here. So really hope to interact with you guys on there. Yeah, we're, I, we're really excited about these next coming episodes and this next coming summer because we're definitely going to be dropping a lot of content with a lot of a lot of fighters. And hopefully pretty soon we're going to get in touch. Um, I know Charlie's uh, Charlie's over located in Washington, but we're going to be doing those interviews over Zoom. You know, we're de- I'm definitely going to try and make my trip over there to Washington and try and see what gyms we can get into and get talking to guys, man, because it's it's definitely going to be a good journey, man. But uh, anything else you wanted to add today, Charlie? Well, uh, yeah, if any viewers are interested in some Washington content, might be able to get some guys from the University of Washington boxing team. Uh, I remember I was at a tournament one time and they were there. That was pretty cool. But uh, no, I don't have much else to add. And that has been the second episode of the 10 second mark. And we really hope to have you guys back again.